0: coffee break where helena comes to talk welcome in. this is coffee break and i'm troy shockley thanks so much for hanging out with us the show's brought to you by versant real estate group if you have a property that fits the needs of their buyers call david at versant 459-8565 and welcome into the show this friday morning we've got a couple of bangles in to kick things off what's a I don't know what is a couple what is a, what's a group of bangles what is that actually called? I don't even know.
1: Maybe a flock.
0: A flock? I yeah. Know. I know. Crows is murder, <laughs> um, which I think is always fun. Guys, welcome in. We've got Tylee Burchard and uh, Jonathan DeWald in here. And uh, I guess uh, introduce yourself to the folks. Let them know uh, who, who you are, where you go to school, what you like to do, favorite food. you know, wh- Whatever you want. You've got the, we've got the time.
2: Um, I'm Tylee. I'm just a senior at Hell in the High.
1: Uh, I'm Jonathan. I'm a senior at Helena High as well, and we're both in the science seminar class.
0: Yeah, and 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 so we're talking science circus this morning. I mean, this year, like everything, it's a little bit different, right? The event is going to look different. But to give people an idea of where we started from, what I mean, what can you explain what the science circus is all about? What what does this normally look like?
2: Uh, normally, it's just held in the gym, and we've had it for about like over 30 years. And last year was one of the first years that we didn't have it. So this year, we just decided to bring it into your own home by, like, ordering kits and just bring it to families.
0: Yeah, I mean, and this is an annual thing. It's something that—it's kind of remarkable that it's become part of the year for a lot of people in Helena. It's, it's a bit of a tradition for a lot of people, isn't it?
1: I know. I went to the Science Circus every year as a kid, and it was one of my favorite events to do because I got to show up and do science hands-on. So as a class, we had all had similar feelings about the circus in the past. So we decided that it would be a real shame if we let it go to waste. Yeah. So we tried to make the best of our own situation.
0: Yeah. So you, I, you guys both, I would expect then, just sort of remember coming to this as kids. Tyler, do you remember you showing up there as, as a kid?
2: Yes, I do. And it was just always fun to like participate in all of the activities that they had there and to see all the cool experiments.
0: It, is there sort of a a favorite memory of when you showed up as a kid like that one experiment that you were like this is cool I can't wait to be in high school and do something like this.
2: Um, I just remember always walking on the black because it would just be liquid and then you'd walk on it and it would harden so that was always like one of my favorite ones to participate in.
1: Yeah. Jonathan you got anything? What sticks um, out? As a child I always thought the fire tube was the coolest. They played music through it and the fire would dance and then as a younger high schooler, I really wanted to be the person who got to throw the fire bubbles in the air. Didn't end up happening. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: the, the, there's a reason they kept Jonathan away from the fire. <laughs> Tally Burchard and Jonathan DeWald in with us this morning. A couple of uh, Helena High seniors were talking science circus and now. Uh, it, it, it's your turn to kind of run the thing that that's how that can you explain how that works for folks that this is not something that really the the teachers or administration or anything that this is something put on by students
2: yes that is correct it is put on by the science seminar class and so there's about a group of 20 of us roughly and so this year we just created a website where you can order kits off of
0: okay so what's it been like you know, living in this pandemic, trying to figure out, like you said, we you, you didn't want to cancel the thing.
1: So you had to sit and figure out, well, how, how can we do this? I mean, what, what was that like? Um, I'll say it was pretty hard. I think we went through about a month of brainstorming before we landed on the kit idea. We went from like, what if we just post YouTube videos? Mm -hmm. No one pays us and we can't have like a real community event. Kids don't get to be hands-on, they just get to watch the video. And we went from really lackluster ideas until we finally got to the idea, what if we just brought it to their homes and we gave them something where the kids can do the experiment.
0: Yeah, so what does that look like? What do we, you mentioned that there's a website and there's kits, what is this? What what does it look like?
2: So our website is just sciencecircus2021.com. And then on the website, you can um, click on uh, kits, and then we have eight different kits to choose from, and they're all $10. So you could just, like, order whichever one's seen the most interesting to you. We have chromatography, butterflies, uh, crystals, uh, tornado in a bottle, uh, lava lamps, uh, Play-Doh, fossils, and we have volcanoes as well. Yep.
1: Look at
0: that. Hey, Jonathan was over here frantically trying to find the list. I, I want to put you guys here. He's, he's looking on his phone. He, i got to find the list. Tylee's talking. She's gonna, she nailed them all she without did. the list. That's impressive. Um, so is there a theme to all of this? Or how, how did you guys kind of come up with, here's the kits we want to do?
2: We just kind of all broke into like groups of like two or three. And then we just kind of decided on a kit as our group. And like we just demonstrated it to the class. And we all just like everyone's kits. So we just decided to do them all.
0: Okay and so people go to the website they they order the kit is that can they do that now or when does that start
2: yep we are doing it now and just and our last day is monday
0: okay so they're running out of time helena's last minute so i i got a Mm -hmm. feeling you're going to get a lot of orders on saturday and sunday on this thing how how many people are doing this i mean are you seeing pretty good response so far
1: Yeah, so we started our ordering process a few weeks ago. Um, At first, we were pretty slow. Uh, We hit 50, and that was like an achievement. And then in the past two weeks, we've gotten all the way up above 200 orders. So oh. this is something that the community is taking part in, and we really would hope that everyone takes the opportunity to do this. Community engagement with the sciences is super important, and it's a great opportunity to get your kids or yourself exposed to science. I know we designed these with uh, like kindergarten to fifth grade in mind, but I think they're all really cool. So, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's a really cool thing. We're talking Science Circus this morning on Coffee Break, and it looks, like we said, like everything else in 2020 and there's bleed over into twenty one, things just look different. Um, and, and what is, I guess, mention the website again. People are ready for it now. Where do they go to get this stuff?
1: To order any one of our kits, you can head to sciencecircus2021.com. Uh, It's pretty easy to navigate. Uh, You'll appear first on a page that describes what's going on with the circus this year and how it's different than normal. Then you can click on the tab that says kits and look through all eight of our kits. Find the one that appeals most to you or your children. And then if you go to the tab that says order, it will forward you to the school district website and you can order any one of our kits for just $10. Okay. Okay.
0: And then it, it gets to the house. I mean, are, are you asking people to do something with this? Like you mentioned YouTube and stuff like that. I mean, is there any sort of then community thing after the fact?
2: Well, one of the cool things that we have right now is on our website, there is a coloring sheet that kids can color and like submit to us for a little competition and we are going to be giving out prizes but just the kits are just to be have some fun in your house since there's not a lot of activities to do during Mm -hmm. this time
1: and then with the instructions that come with your kit there'll be a qr code that you can scan and it will take you to a youtube video where you can do your experiment with one of the students from science seminar and we'll show you how to do everything so it's it's unfortunate that we can't be there with you but we are trying our best to do the experiments with you right
0: yeah so it's uh it's as close as we can get right now um, but you're, you're doing a great job. We've got Tyler uh, Richard and Jonathan DeWald in from Helena High talking science circus. And typically there's an admission to go in and see this. And uh, this, I mean, the $10, does that basically just cover the kit? I mean, there can't be a whole lot of proceeds at that point after 10 bucks.
1: Um, so yeah, each of our kits is $10. It's uh, what you get in the kit is all of the materials to do your uh, experiment instructions Uh, lab goggles, and then uh, you get a copy of our coloring sheet with it. And, yeah, it's not too much. It's just enough to get some science into your home.
0: Yeah. It's kind of different, sure, but, uh, you know, you you find a a way to make it happen. So that's kind of feel pretty good. Like, I mean, what are you guys feeling as a group about what you were able to pull together here?
2: At first, we were all a little nervous just because it was either going to be, like, a hit or miss. But I feel like we are all pretty – um, excited for like what we have done because I think yesterday we were about at like two hundred and fifty kits, so we're hoping to push for three hundred just to get the numbers to keep on going.
0: Yeah, what do you, what do you think, Jonathan? Part parting words for us this morning.
1: <laughs> um, all I'll say is I recommend that every parent take an opportunity to look at our website, even if your kid isn't the most science inclined kid. I am sure that there's something for them mm-hmm. so if you just take a minute to look and help us get to that 300 kit goal so that we can feel good about spreading science through our community yeah so uh throw that website out there one more time sciencecircus2021.com
0: all right so go and check that out get your kit let us know how that thing turned out it's Tylie Burchard and jonathan dewald from helena High. thanks guys for coming in uh you know jonathan is actually missing classes right now Tylee gave up extra sleep because she doesn't start yet so she, she's she got the biggest uh, give this morning but uh, Jonathan I'll, I'll, I'll write you a note if you want to stop and get coffee or something on the way back to class I, I got you covered
1: <laughs> thank you sir
0: appreciate you guys uh, coming in this morning go check out the science circus uh, it's online it's different but it's science it's important and it's fun and uh, we've got some more important and fun things to talk about on coffee break coming up right after this Welcome back in. This is Coffee Break. And I'm Troy Shockley. Thanks for hanging with, with us this morning. Coffee Break brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. Finding the perfect buyer for your home doesn't have to be daunting. Call David at Versant, 459-8565. And Jeff Camper here to finish out the show this uh well today and this week. Jeff, the man that keeps the planes running on time next door at the Helena Regional Airport. Jeff, thanks for coming over this morning. I appreciate it.
3: Oh yeah. Thanks for having me, Troy.
0: Yeah, I mean you're uh you're busy over there. Yeah, lots always. of
3: projects. Yeah, there's always, well, you know, when you have a facility this size with this many things going on, there's always things that you do, have to do, improvements that need to be made and things that have to be repaired. So lot's yeah. going on.
0: Well, I mean, I guess first things first, last time we were in, you talked about the process here going through to get a new airline, new destination here in Helena. Where are we with that?
3: So right now, uh, we issued our application to the USDOT for the Small Community Air Service Development Grant. Uh, We issued our application a couple of weeks ago. The deadline was March 1st. We put ours in about a week ahead of time to make sure it got there okay. We got confirmation they received it. So now, I guess to use an aviation term, we're kind of in a holding pattern, waiting until the grant gets issued. You're circling is what you're doing. Yeah, we're circling, yeah. And so we're waiting for that. And, uh, you know, American's waiting along with us and and to see when that comes out. We anticipate that'll probably be sometime in the middle of the summer when they issue those grants. And then after that, it'll be up to American to decide uh, when when they can schedule the service and those kinds of things.
0: Yeah. So now it's just a wait and see. And it's like waiting for Christmas and you don't actually know when Christmas is. Like you have a general idea, but there's no day, right? (laughs) Like there's no, this is the day they're going to announce. Do we feel... Pretty good about that, though? Oh, I think
3: so, yeah. I mean, we feel confident about it. I mean, you know, American's definitely interested. I mean, Helena's obviously, like the rest of Montana, is a growing market. Uh, we had a very successful campaign, thanks, again, to the entire community that supported us through that process. Uh, we generated some great uh, revenues for uh, that incentive package at the local level. I think we were at 105000 in cash for the revenue guarantee, 107000 in marketing, and then the airport's uh, fee mitigation package was worth $120,000. So uh, that's a pretty good package to add yeah. to the million-dollar air service grant we're asking for to, to entice them to come in here.
0: Yeah, so they were already interested, and we're, uh, we're putting a couple of uh, cherries on top there and hopefully that's enough
3: yep hopefully yeah
0: so at some point this summer we'll find out if uh, we get a new airline showing up and uh, we reported here recently too that airports across the state got some federal aid here i think it was like 68 million dollars or something or 68 airports getting i don't even remember how much money it was a lot of money
3: it was a lot of money yeah yeah they distributed out depending on you know passenger traffic and things of that nature And uh, Helena did get some money as well to help with uh, ongoing operating costs. We're still down 62% from normal on passenger traffic currently. So, uh, you know, it's it's a real welcome to see that money to help us keep everybody employed, keep paying our expenses, because while the, the passenger traffic is down and the flights aren't operating as much we still have all those expenses to keep things going mm-hmm. and and uh, so it's good to have that you
0: still got you still got to run that little luggage uh, carousel still have to do that and yeah.
3: plow the snow and, and yeah. clean the buildings and you know in fact we're doing a lot more cleaning than we used to so there's you know there's additional costs there uh, so that's been helpful to keep the operation yeah. going and so and, and just and under station. was it
0: 1.5 million here it was for one point
3: uh, yeah a little over 1.3 million that helena received from that okay yeah.
0: And so that's going to go – does that basically go just in a – like the general fund is essentially where that goes? Or? So
3: the FA hangs on to that money, and we have to actually apply for it. And so we have to send them proof that we've had those expenses, and it's only for maintenance and operating costs. Okay. You know, insurance, salaries, all those things, utilities. So we send them those bills, and then they reimburse So it's a reimbursement plan. So you draw it down as okay. you use it. They don't really just give it to you in the pump. Right.
0: So you don't get to just have that stack of money on your nope. desk just for a day, just to see. No, no, no. They have yeah. to
3: justify all the expenses. You have to prove all this uh, justification for each expense, and then they dole the money out based on that actual needs.
0: So. Was that anticipated? I mean, is it something you sort of count on and know in the budget? Like, hey, this is coming up. We don't know exactly how much, but we have a general idea. Well, or-
3: we didn't. We didn't know. You know, there was the first round of CARES funds that came out, and after that, we really didn't know if there would be any additional. And so it was kind of an unknown until just recently uh, uh, when we found out that we were going to get another pot, uh, okay. to help with those expenses. So, so
0: yeah, I mean, silly question, right? But how how big a deal is that? I mean, when we oh, talk, oh, it's
3: it, it's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, because uh, you know, otherwise, I mean, we'd be in far worse shape. I mean, if we had to start, uh, you know, laying folks off and, and and those kinds of things, it would be yeah, it'd be a real challenge uh, to get because you know, we run a pretty efficient ship anyways, I right. mean, we really run the place pretty lean. So. Uh, it would have been it would have been difficult. So we're we're grateful for the for the help on that, and and uh, it'll keep us going.
0: Yeah, Jeff Waita Camper from uh, the Helena Regional Airport, and what helps as you said you know air air uh, traffic down. What did you say? Sixty two percent. Sixty two percent. Yeah. But the good news is we've talked about it on the show before. Is you know uh, Helena Regional doesn't operate quite the same as a lot of airports. So you're not depending strictly on those tickets and those people coming in. You've you've got money coming in from elsewhere, which is had to have helped you through this last year now.
3: Oh, it has. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely helped us to have a diversified revenue portfolio that we have, uh, getting revenue from non-aeronautical sources and different things like that that aren't just strictly based on air traffic and aviation. That's been hugely helpful. And I think it's reflected even in the CARES money or the stimulus money that we just received. Uh, you see what we, re- we received based on other airports, and we mm-hmm. received a lot less uh, because we have that diversified revenues we didn't we didn't suffer as many losses so right that was that was helpful
0: yeah there's other communities getting multiple millions of dollars oh yeah just to keep them afloat yeah. so absolutely y- you don't get that extra money Jeff but uh, there's a reason because you're doing a good job out there
3: <laughs> yeah we feel we are we're trying to you know we're trying to run the place really efficiently and and there's no local taxes uh, nobody's local taxes goes into funding the airport nothing from the city county state. Uh, uh, funds the airport it's it's all uh, on the revenues we generate and then the federal mm-hmm. program for some of the infrastructure projects of course so yeah
0: jeff Camper is with us this morning filling us in on airport news and you have some projects going on uh, out there i mean last year and it was down to sort of painting and you know you were you were doing it was the honeydew list at the by the end there but you've got a big project coming up this is this is a big deal.
3: It is, yeah. So this summer we're going to be redoing our primary runway. It's the one uh, runway that the airlines and, and the large aircraft can use. Uh, you know, it's a big project to do. Uh, it's one of those things that we've been planning it for a number of years and doing the design on. Uh, you know, paving has a certain lifespan and we're always, every year we're analyzing that pavement and looking at it and making sure uh, that it's staying in good condition. And a runway is really unique. It's different from a road or a parking lot. Uh, Because you can't have any imperfections. I mean, you can't really uh, have any cracks or or potholes. Uh, You know, when you start seeing frost heaves and things like that, it's a real problem. So we try to stay ahead of that uh, because even a small rock detaching from the runway, you know, can be damaging to an aircraft engine. It can be a catastrophic issue. So you really treat those runways with a lot of uh, uh, maintenance and, and ongoing uh, you know, uh, tender, loving care, I guess you could say, to make yeah. sure that you extend the life of the pavement. But typically every 15 to 20 years, most airports have to redo their runway. Ours has been 21 years since we last re- redid it. So it's its definitely time.
0: Okay. And so, so that's the – I was going to ask the average lifespan. It's sort of dependent probably on usage and uh, you know, weather and that sort of thing. But 15 to 20 years?
3: That's usually the rule of thumb. I mean, airport runways are a little unique too on the top surface where they have – a different surface treatment on the top, so ours is what uh, they call a, a porous friction course. So it's almost like uh, if if you looked at the old buildings that had the popcorn ceiling, mm-hmm. uh, you know it looks kind of like that. And the reason for that is so it provides good uh, friction uh, during the times the runway is wet, or during the winter when there's snow melting off and those kinds of things. But that that rock aggregate on the top really relies on those oils to hold that in place in the sun and the weather and the freeze and the thaw and the snow plowing and the aircraft traffic. All wears that down, and you start to get to the point where the life of it starts to, uh, you know, get to the end of its useful life, and it it can start coming apart, and you don't want those. Uh, now you don't want to wait until that happens. Yeah, yeah, because you yeah. can't have that gravel. I mean, if that starts to unravel, like I say, it's real damaging to airplane engines and propellers, and it's just a real hazard, uh, a danger to aircraft. So you really need to stay ahead of that. We fog sealed our runway over the years. We've crack sealed and done all the preventative maintenance to keep it in good condition. But uh, it gets to a point in time where you you know that just isn't sufficient anymore, and you just have to do a remodel. Yeah,
0: on and that. it's not like roads in town where you go out and fill the pothole and chip seal and yeah. It gets yeah. another year out of it. You just got to kind of redo this whole thing at once.
3: You do, yeah. In the top layer, so what we're doing is uh, most of the runway, the bulk of the runway, we're milling off three inches of uh, the top layer. Uh, the asphalt out there is 10 inches deep, believe it or not, and it's on about a three-foot gravel base to handle the weight of, of the big aircraft. So we're going to mill off the top three inches, repave uh, the top three inches in, except for the east end, the far east end of the runway, there's a short section down there that we're going to do full depth reconstruction, dig four feet down, replace the gravel. That end down there was extended on back in the early 70s, uh, 71, 72 is actually when that was done. And it doesn't have uh, what they really term, I guess, a frost-resistant uh, base material. And that's really important to, to have that because, like I mentioned, you know, this time of year, you go drive around in some of the secondary mm-hmm. roadways, And you'll notice all the frost heaves and the road starts to heave up and break apart. And you just simply can't have that happen on a runway. It has to be stable and smooth and you want it to last. And so that's why we're rebuilding that end. But when we're doing that, we'll have that dug up and we'll have the runway shortened a little bit. We're fortunate we have a 9,000-foot-long runway. So we can work on that end, shorten the runway up, and the airlines can still use it during that period of time. But when we do the mill and overlay of the remainder of it, then unfortunately we'll have an eight-day period it where it's closed completely. How,
0: how long do the airlines need? Like what is sort of industry standard?
3: Well, they can get down to depending on – it all depends on, of course, a lot of factors. The type of aircraft, you know, the weather conditions, the temperature, the daytime, the loads. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into it. But generally speaking, they need six to 7,000 feet okay. in length is typically what they like to have for today's jet fleet that they operate in. And so so ours working. a little bit
0: longer. So you can work on that end and they're still good. They'll still be good, yeah. But coming up here, and, and this is in uh, in June when you're going to be doing?
3: Yep, June 6th through the 13th are the is the eight-day period that we're going to have the runway completely closed. And unfortunately, during that time, there won't be any airline flights in or out of Helena. Uh, you know, I wish we had a second air carrier runway here that we could uh, utilize, but unfortunately that's not uh, feasible in, in a location like Helena. The FAA dictates really the... Uh, the the types of runways you can have and how many, and uh, they just you know won't justify. In fact, there's no other Montana airport that has a second air carrier runway. When you're in communities the size of uh, of communities that are in Montana, uh, that that's just the capacity you have. You're kind of stuck with that, so that's not really an option.
0: Yeah. So for about a week, everything's just going to kind of be at a standstill out there.
3: It will. Yeah, we're going to have our secondary two runways open. Uh, For, you know, all the other aircraft that that use the airport that are smaller, you know, air ambulances, uh, some of the smaller air air cargo flights, uh, business jets, uh, private aircraft, uh, uh, you know, even some of the smaller fire tankers, if we should have a uh, fire season starting early, which hopefully we don't, uh, you know, all those aircraft can use our other two runways. But uh, unfortunately, the airlines and the big heavy jet fire tankers. Uh, can't use those other two runways for those eight days.
0: Okay, so starting in early June, we're going to be closing things for a week, and it's uh, my guess is an expensive job.
3: It is, yeah, yeah. We had uh, uh, this was out for bid. Uh, we opened bids here a week ago. In fact, just this last Tuesday, we awarded the bid. Uh, Hell in the Sand and Gravel is the successful bidder, and it uh, the it was, bid was ten point eight million dollars. So yeah, it's a big. We actually had an estimated cost of about twelve and a half million. And so the bid came in under the estimate. So that was, that was good news. Yeah. It's the budget that we have put together with the FAA for this project. But, yeah, that's a, that's a monumental project. It's a, it's a large amount of money, big investment. Uh, but there, again, the runway is really about the most important thing we have. Right, yeah, it's,
0: it's important to do and to do right. And, um, you know, you mentioned the FAA there. There's certainly some, some money coming, but you have to foot some of the bill as well. It's usually, and important to note, you pointed out earlier, this is not coming out of city or it's you know it's not coming out of taxes.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. So typically, the FAA will fund ninety percent uh, of these types of projects that are eligible, and then the local airport has to come up with the other ten percent. So you know, on a on a ten million dollar project, it's a it's a pretty big local match that we have to come up with. And and uh, but it's you know we've got a plan to to do that, and uh, everything should work out fine there. We we kind of looked at it originally when the pandemic started and thought. Are we going to be able to do this? Or are we going to have to put it off? Uh, but it's to the point that we really don't feel we can put it off. We also don't want to put it off uh, because uh, this is the time to do it when traffic is still mm-hmm. slower than normal. If we get this done in the first part of the summer, uh, you know, all our projections are showing the second half of the summer. We think travel is really going to pick up, and we'll have this behind us for another 20-plus years. Yeah,
0: that'll be great. Jeff Camper from Helena Regional Airport with us. We've got a couple minutes left with him, and you mentioned this was done uh, 20 years ago. And at that time, they closed the r- runway for a very long time.
3: 60 days, yeah. We had a little bit more reconstruction we had to do back then in the center because we had a dip in the center that had to be raised up. And actually, one of the, uh, the main city water lines that comes from the water treatment plant actually goes under the runway and into the city. So they replaced that at that point in time as well. So, yeah, back then it was a 60-day shutdown. And things were a little different because back in those days, the airlines, they operated, they still had some smaller aircraft in their fleets, you know, 35-seaters mm-hmm. and things like that. And at that time, we were able to utilize one of our taxiways, believe it or not, as a temporary runway. Uh, now today you, know, you come to today and none of the airlines operate those small aircraft anymore they've all since been retired and sent to the boneyard so that's just not an option but it was a unique time back then that we did that project it was uh, quite an effort you've
0: got to be relieved it's not going to be 60 days looking out your window waiting for the next plane to land
3: yeah that that would be really tough to do today you know and that's and i have to say that you know the plan we have put together is very very aggressive i mean you're going to have numerous crews working 24 hours a day around the clock uh, multiple milling and paving machines. Uh, they're going to bring in a second hot plant to set up to build enough asphalt. I mean, it's really an aggressive process to get it down to those eight days. But uh, And we do have a couple of days of wiggle room, to be totally honest, uh, in there because you, know, you have to factor in if there was a weather event sure. or rain or, or equipment failure because uh, Mother Nature we're kind of at her mercy too. so hopefully that'll work yeah So out. we're
0: crossing our fingers, Kurt, you got to make sure that the weather forecast <laughs> is accurate for about 10 days in June. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and that way we can get uh, Jeff and uh, all those guys uh, out there and getting that thing done. And, and so going forward uh, here in our last minute, Jeff, this hopefully lasts another 20 years before we have to do this again.
3: Yeah, that's and that's the you know that's the goal. I mean have it done and do it right and uh, make sure that it can last for you know for a couple decades of service in the, into the future and make sure that it's safe and, and things are in good condition. So. so
0: if people want to find out about this or about anything else going on out there at the airport, uh, best thing to do, other than just swinging by and checking out the airport, I suppose just go on the website, huh? Yeah,
3: yeah. Go to uh, helenairport.com is our airport website. And uh, we've got right on the homepage, you'll see an announcement about the runway project. And you can go to our projects and events tab. There's a link there. And we've got a whole bunch of information that talks about the project. Uh, if you're interested, we also have some posts on Facebook, and we'll continue to update those as the project goes on and as we get closer to that yeah. time frame. and we'll
0: swing back around with you this uh, this spring and chat with you again. Sounds great. Jeff, way camper from Helena Regional Airport. Jeff, thanks for coming in today. Thank I you. Always it. a pleasure. We're all out of time, but we'll see you back around here after a fantastic weekend on Monday.